Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello and welcome. Coming up on the podcast, Garth Rogerson on a very good year for the Red River X, Paulie Sci Guy, Paul Thomas on the provincial election, Carolyn Klassen from Connexus Counseling on this new happiness survey, and Tina Chen on the Chinatown Street Festival. Please rate the podcast, please subscribe to the podcast, and now the podcast. On Friday, I was out at the Red River X, and Garth Rogerson, the CEO of the Red River Exhibition Association, joins us on the phone now. Good afternoon, Garth. Good morning. Or good afternoon. Yes, good afternoon. <laughs> I'm uh, losing track of time. <laughs> well, listen, the week uh, or a couple of weeks, you well, the whole year. You're, I mean, it's not just when the X is on. You're constantly preparing for this. You got to be happy though. Uh, attendance oh, uh, up four percent. Absolutely. I'm, I'm ecstatic about that. And revenue is even up higher than that because everybody came and ate and enjoyed themselves. So very, very pleased today. So why? Any reasons or, or do you even care? No, well, you know what? It's, it's a bunch of things. You know, your help obviously was a, was a big part of that. But also uh, the weather was just right. You know, a little bit cool, a little breeze, sunny skies. That all is perfect fair weather. And that gets people coming out and enjoying the, the show. And now the planning begins for next year. Yeah, actually, you know, I'm I'm well into the plan for next year, so um, we got a lot of exciting things happening. I'm actually working on 2021 as well, so so we're we're way ahead of the game here, and we got a lot of new exciting things that we're going to be announcing very shortly. We had this conversation on Friday, but maybe just briefly go into the fact that you know, and Kathy Kennedy filling in for Jeff Courier was today was talking a bit about this. There's a lot of competition for that entertainment dollar out there, and you have to work hard to compete for it, don't you? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That you know, the the market it really is saturated with entertainment today and so um, you know it's just it's just not a case where you can set up and hope for the best you really have to put your best face forward you know all the time and come up with new and exciting and dynamic things it's very challenging you know and and somebody once said to me you know why do you feel you need to do something new every year well you have to you know you've, you've got to be creative you got to come up with new ways to engage the public and and I think that we're, we're doing that you know and I got a lot of big things for the future that are going to create those immersive experiences that everybody wants. Garth, we're looking forward to it. I wanted to get you on for a couple minutes with the great news. Up 4%, attendance 203,624. You got it. Excellent. Thanks a lot. That is uh, Garth Rogerson, the CEO of the Red River Exhibition Association. (laughs) Political scientist Paul Thomas from the University of Manitoba. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Hal. So what do you make of Wabkanu's request of the Pallister government, the premier, not to make any more health care changes until after the vote? Well, it's targeted at the unrest uh, in the city of Winnipeg, particularly about the mergers and uh, shifts in uh, the, the delivery of health care. And there's anger surrounding those events. Uh, it's mainly a Winnipeg phenomena. And... Uh, uh, Canoe wants to put Pallister on the defensive even more, uh, having to explain and defend uh, these, uh, what are many people see to be drastic actions that seem to be taking place too fast without adequate planning behind them. So we're not in the official campaign period yet. That doesn't happen until 
Pallister visits the lieutenant governor and asks for the writ of the election to be dropped, as it's called, and uh, the legislature dissolved. And so, but we're very much in election mode. Everybody's out campaigning and recruiting candidates and raising money. And so, uh, whether we like it or not, it's going to be part of our summer. But Paul, election or no election, a government has to govern, right? I mean, it can still move ahead with its plans. Yes, absolutely. Uh, in other countries, um, we have a more developed notion of what's called a caretaker convention. It's a bit of an odd uh, phrase, but um, it refers to the fact that we want to try to create as much as possible a level playing field so that the governing party doesn't have such built-in advantages that it leads to them having unfair advantage in election law. And Pallister is avoiding that constraint on his freedom to call a snap election that might catch his political opponents un, unprepared in some ways. Another convention that we is that uh, there should be no major policy announcements made on the eve of the election. Um, and that uh, particularly if those announcements are irreversible, if it's be very, very difficult, shouldn't another party win the, the ensuing election to uh, reverse those decisions, go back to the status quo as it was before the election. Um, and you're, you're not supposed to enter into any major contracts. But all of these constraints, Hal, are based on convention. They're not written down in law. Australia is the only country I know where they've recorded these and made them a law where you can go to an election commissioner and say the governing party violated the rules of the election act or election law. And we don't have that here in Manitoba yet. So Pallister has voluntarily imposed a blackout on big announcements, but um, he's not going to withhold these decisions that are pending that are about to happen, changing the fate of um, uh, the the hospital situation. Is this election going to be won or lost in Winnipeg on health care? Is that what it boils down to here? If there's an Achilles heel for this government, that probably is it. Uh, the uh, the state of the hospital system in the city of Winnipeg, where 31, 32 of the 57 seats are, are located, um, and uh, that's where most of the backlash against the decisions of the Pallister government have taken place. They were already ex- exceedingly strong outside of Winnipeg. They they win runaway victories in outside of Winnipeg. So, and the most recent poll that I saw showed uh, the NDP gaining some strength in Winnipeg. They had a very small lead over the Progressive Conservatives the last time I looked. So. If there is any NDP comeback in the making, it, it would have to start in Winnipeg. Uh, but, I, you know, I still think, given the overall popularity of the Pallister government, I don't think they're in any great jeopardy yet uh, of, of losing uh, power in a majority government in the next round. But it's early days yet, and it's going to take us until the end of the summer, at least, before most of us spend a lot of time thinking about politics. And that may play into the hand of the premier and the progressive conservatives. Even when he calls the election, presumably in early August, most of us still might be engaged in happier things and thinking about who we should vote for. So most of us won't turn our attention to politics probably till early September. So a short campaign, a low-key campaign, will probably help the incumbent party. Paul, thanks a lot for this. I really appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Hal. That is uh, political scientist Paul Thomas joining us today.
Uh, we're talking about happiness, and we're going to talk to Carolyn Klassen here in a moment from Connexus Counseling because the latest edition of the Happiness Index is in, and it says Canadians are happier after age 55 and when they earn a higher income. But only 8% say the state of their finances is a key driver of their happiness. The Lachey survey asked Canadians to rate their level of happiness on a scale of 1 to 10 and note which factors they believe influence their happiness the most. 44% of those making $40,000 a year or less reported a high level of happiness. That number rose to 53% for those earning up to $80,000 per year. Atlantic Canadians are the happiest, followed by people in Quebec and B.C. Don Kelly, the Canadian Press. All right, let's talk about this with Carolyn Klassen from Connexus Counseling. Hello, Carolyn. Hey, Hal, how are you? Here we go again. Another Monday visit from you. I appreciate this. A beautiful Monday. Yeah. Are you happy today? Because I want to talk to you about happiness, this latest (laughs) happiness survey. Well, it's really easy to be happy when the sun is shining and it's this beautiful. So, yes, today I am totally happy. And what do you make of this survey? Well, I think um, I was just really aware as I was looking at it, as we're coming up to Canada Day, that um, we are really fortunate. We are really blessed in Canada to be living in our country in a way that sets us up Um, you know, compared to many other countries in the world to be as happy as we are. So I'm just feeling really grateful. And why do you think we tend to be happier at age 55 and older? What do you make of that? Well, I think often when people are younger, and this is my, I'm not at 55 yet. I know you just got there, right? Yep. Yep. I'm not there yet, but I think I have an awareness that when people are younger, they're busy trying to figure out what they should do and how they should do it. And there's a lot of insecurities and kind of wondering what people think. And I think by the time people are 55, they're pretty settled into who they are and they've gotten to accept and, uh, and, and acknowledge who they are in a way that celebrates. And then they just move forward in a way that's less uncomfortable about saying, but I, I'm not this or I'm not that, but people are more ready to say, this is who I am and and I like it and I'm going to own it. We got it figured out. We got it figured out. Yeah. Oh, I'd way rather, I'd feel much more comfortable in my skin in my 50s than I did in my 20s or 30s, I think. There you go. And maybe we can talk more about this on Thursday, but it's the final week of school. And so I think a lot of moms and dads, a lot of parents out there are thinking, what are we going to do with the kids? This can be a stressful time of the year, can it? It can be, although I think a lot of times parents will say that June is really stressful because there's so many end-of-the-year parties and so many, you know, wind-ups and, you know, wrapping things up and figuring out how to get everything done in June that I think for some, July becomes as a, as a bit of a relief. And then there's this also, what are we going to do to use this time well? Um, we're used to being so structured that when we have that unstructured time, it can be a little frightening. And I actually think that boredom is kind of a good thing because that's often when the really coolest things kind of rise up in ways that you couldn't have guessed when you have a chance to have just figure out what you're going to do and you make it up and you pull out the sprinkler or you go to a museum or you find a cardboard box and you do something fun with it. But yeah, let's talk more about it on Thursday. All right, we'll do it. Have a great day. Okay, take care. Carolyn Klassen from Connexus Counseling joining us. You're saying, wait, wait, it's Monday. Why is she there? Because she jumps on once in a while when something you know is important that we need to talk about. But she'll be here on Thursday between 2.30 and 3. And then, of course, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen on Friday between 2.30 and 3. <music> Joining me on the phone now, Tina Chen, chair of the Chinatown Street Festival. Good afternoon, Tina. Hi, how are you today? Great. Thanks a lot for doing this. So this weekend, uh, the big uh, Chinatown Street Festival is happening. A bit of a change this year. 
Yeah, we're really excited. Well, we're going a lot earlier in the year this year, and we're trying to take advantage of all the activities for the Canada Day long weekend. So we are going on Friday night from about 6.30 to about 10 p.m., and we'll be having most of our activities in the Chinese Garden at King Street and James. And Saturday afternoon from 1 to 7, um, we're really excited. We're moving off King Street, and we're moving on to James, um, James and sort of setting up on the street there. So it'll give everyone a great view of all the activities in the Chinese Garden as well. Kathy Kennedy and I were talking earlier about, I, I think a lot of Winnipeggers and Manitobans maybe have not checked out the festival. Why? Why should we be there? Because it is a great event. Well, you know, we're always very excited. We get to showcase a lot of Chinese cultural dancing and the martial arts. The lion dances out there, so that's always a crowd favorite. Um, but this year we have some added exciting activities. So um, our former counselor, Mike Parsigan, has organized an arm wrestling super match tournament for the weekend. And word has it that our city counselor, Vivian Santos, will be one of the people competing. So that should be um, fun. will be going on throughout the time. We have a great children's activity area um, and really excited. Athletics Manitoba is actually going to come out and join us and bring some activities. And we just have a great lineup on every day and so much going on. So it's so fun. It's free for everybody. And, you know, you also have the opportunity to eat at the Chinatown restaurants. Well, the food. Yes, we have to mention the food. You know, Vivian Santos, your counselor, uh, the first time I met Vivian, I almost didn't want to shake her hand. Like, she's got a huge arm. So her arm wrestling, and I know she's really into that. So that will be a lot of fun. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. It's always good. We have the support of the city throughout this festival. Um, and we're really excited for how much energy there's going to be down in that area. We've been also working with the Northern Touch Music Festival, which is down in the Cube, starting on the Saturday night, the Sunday night, all day Monday. And so we're working at sort of promoting our events together. We think there's so much excitement where people can hear different types of music, um, different experiences, just by walking up and down the block between Market Square, coming to Chinatown. And so it should be a great weekend out, out in that area. Friday night, Saturday afternoon, Chinese Garden, King and James. Tina, thanks for this, and I'll make sure and remind people as the weekend gets closer. Thanks so much. Have a great week. All right. Tina Chan, she is the chair of the Chinatown Street Festival. Again, Friday night, Saturday afternoon, Chinese Garden, King and James. It really is a great time. A lot of fun. Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.